Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, the dedicated Ashes of Creation podcast, now running 38 episodes strong on this day where the dedicated uh, Pathfinders, if I can get this right, venture into weekly episodes uh, discussing theory crafting game updates, community or questions, and all things related to Ashes. I'm going to give a special shout out, as always, to the Patreon supporters um, and all paladins here at the Crusade. You all are the ones that keep the Crusade marching strong every week on these podcasts and well just about everything else that happens on this ridiculous channel um i'd like to introduce my guests and co-host daedalus welcome daedalus what's up everyone and returning you have entered the realm of the lights righteous crusade returning welcome guest zika phoenix crusade. sorry that was a notification in my ear twitch welcome back buddy so hit or miss here today man uh we are on the 38th episode pushing 40 what does hit or miss mean well we're talking about well, the next year, really, and a little bit of uh, our thoughts about stuff like the cash shop. But before we get into that, the Discord overhaul is underway right now. In fact, today, if you go and tune into the Discord, the official Discord for Ashes of Creation, you'll probably notice there are some changes. Um, the channels are, uh, how can I put this, skimpy in comparison. It's been <laughs> toned down a bit. Um, I saw that the uh you know i've got to bring up guild diplo right i've got to as much as i've been brought up in there it looks like it's gone along with a lot of other redundant channels um i mean that was just an example of actually one channel that was kind of uh duplicated in a lot of ways because you had <laughs> oh man oh man you should be on twitch right now if you're watching this on youtube just saying you're missing out on all this stuff in chat but yeah uh, you know, there was a, a lot of duplicated channels that were just kind of redundant. You know, I know the Phoenix Initiative had a couple. Um, Guild uh, discussion had a couple. You had Guild Diplo. You had uh, the Guild Leadership channel. Things that were just not really utilized or really being used. I actually think it looks a lot cleaner. Um, you don't have to, like, scroll down as far. I almost feel like my my Discord for the crew to say is a bit more of a clusterfuck now. So I'm actually kind of rethinking how much I need to clean up on my my discord now but uh yeah welcome back everybody and friends here we're gonna kind of dig in so what are your all thoughts about uh, some of the changes to the discord currently if you've had a chance to check it out so far anyway um i mean i'm just happy to see um just a little more cleanliness if you will i mean there was a lot of channels it was hard to keep up so i'm, I'm glad to see that some of those more duplicative channels are just getting getting trimmed out and honestly some of the more toxic channels are also um getting kicked to the curb uh i think overall I, I i think it's you know a good positive change it's one of those things where you know if you are new to the community it can get pretty confusing with all the channels so keeping it simple is gonna i think definitely make it a lot easier for people to navigate yeah, I mean, it's been pretty nice that a lot of it's been condensed. Some of it's a little more, it's a little more messy, though, now that everyone's going to be posting more stuff into one channel, mm. you might, you might get lost in the, uh, in the scroll. Kind of. Yeah, like get mixed up, like uh, not being able to keep track of chat sort of thing. Yeah, because now everybody will post in just the one channel or mm. whatever, like community media now it's going to be filled with art oh, and community links Good and point. all the uh, uh youtube and twitch yeah so get lost in the mix that'll be interesting 
Yeah, I'm actually pretty I'm pretty good with it for the most part. I think just let it let it kind of ride and see how it how it sells so far. Um I think that, you know, I don't know. It I, I'm kind of a less is more guy. I, I kind of like things kind of cleaned up and not not get so mixed up so easily with a lot of different channels, but you know, I also recognize that there's like, you know, what how many people on the damn thing? Like how many users? Thousands and thousands, tens of thousands. Mm -hmm. Right? So I could I see it was like 20 something K. So maybe some of this, like, you know, maybe this mod bot on there and some of this other stuff getting cleaned up, maybe some of the toxicity getting cleaned up. Maybe we'll start to see people revisiting it a little bit more and then they'll have some use for more channels. I think that'd be cool, but we'll kind of see how it all goes. So we're, we're all still patiently waiting right now. Um, I have not seen any updates as to when we're going to get, uh, uh, next testing uh, for APOC right now. Um, so we're still kind of waiting for that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually pretty good with the weight. Um, I got to 50 already on that thing. Uh, I've kind of done it all. Um, not really super incentivized to play it a whole lot more, but I'll still test the hell out of it when, when it time comes around because, you know, they need the data and it's going towards the MMO. So, um, so yeah, so kind of talking about our thoughts about the Discord changes. I'm looking forward to seeing what other things they're actually going to uh, maybe start to utilize uh, implementing there. I don't know if there's a lot of other changes that are coming aside from what we see. Um, I'm kind of hoping that maybe they do something a little bit different. Um, maybe make it a little more interactive as far as, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that, interactive as far as being able to implement uh posting different things there like i don't know if they're going to have a bot that posts like when for example content creators post uh things i know that that's a little tricky though because when you set things up like that then you just automatically are posting i think whatever whatever is posted to their channels and that might not always be asha stuff so you don't really want that you don't really want like an official cc uh going live and streaming another game either i wouldn't i wouldn't if it was i was running the show right i'd be like mm -hmm. if it's asha's oriented i'd want it but I wouldn't want it like to be everything because then you get a bunch of other junk in there too. Um, I do think, yeah, I do agree with you though, Zeke, on, on the one point. I, I I don't necessarily think that posts for content need to be there very long, but I think they need to be long enough. They're long enough so that people have the opportunity to check them out uh, and not miss it getting pushed up so quickly. Um, not just so that the creator themselves actually gets a spotlight, so to speak, but I mean, that is a lot of content for Ashes. And I feel like the more opportunity people have to check out different content for Ashes, um, potentially, you know, the more the community will grow. But that's just my feedback. Um, so yeah, I know we had talked a little bit prior. We were going to kind of talk about some maybe talking points we wanted for this episode. Um, and this one's going to be kind of about, you know, Maggie a bit. And, and even just like the moderation team. Um, but mainly Maggie, because she's the marketing lead, right? I'm kind of wondering what some of these goalposts, you know, she's, she's working right now on, you know, getting information she can, she can then uh, disseminate essentially to everyone else and then sh share to the community um, on a variety of different things. I'm wondering what some of the marks are that we feel like maybe she's going to need to meet as far as delivering information. Granted, I recognize that doesn't lie entirely on her, right? She's, got to go up the chain go hey get the okay for information what can i share but what what should we see from her to be able to meet the mark on some of that stuff 
Um, I just kind of echo a little bit of what you're saying. I mean, obviously approvals need to happen, right? You don't want to release information that's maybe still in flux, right? You don't want to release something that, you know, may compromise the the team in terms of what they're trying to do. But I would say from my perspective, what really would we need right now, and again, we can kind of maybe go back and forth on that, what level of detail we need it. But even something that kind of reiterates whether or not we're track on track for the MMO, kind of validating that delivery timeline, more communication there, um, you know, just really, again, shifting the narrative to MMO progress versus what we're doing with APOC. Again, both are equally important. Um, but I think where information is lacking, where people are really looking to see things are going to be more on the MMO side, right? The people that back the game, you know, understand what's going on with the testing. It's just really focused on content release for the MMO. So what's the plan for the first few blogs? It doesn't even have to be everything we're doing in 2019. Um, core mechanics, um, nodes, economy, class, class personalization, customization. Those are meteor topics where you can still you know not ne you don't necessarily have to have a ton of detail but enough to say hey here's where we are with these key things right at a high level here's how we're tracking you know we have x amount of percentage progress or here's kind of the main things we've completed in the past three months or two months or whatever you know whatever the cycle is i think those are like really clear basic things people are really looking for and and again i know maggie's working this um and there has to be yeah. some approvals before we communicate to the broader audience so that you know the the developers are comfortable with what's being shared um but i i think that's where a lot of the spinning in the community has been happening not only like people that have back the game that are like hey I'm still looking for the MMO. Where is it at? Um, I know what you're working on now is helping the MMO, but I still want to see a little more than, hey, we can swap modes quick. Um, and then people new to the community, again, they're only you know, able to kind of see what co some content creators are doing. They might not e even be connected with any of the official content creators. What can we do as part of the Discord, as part of the official website where generally you're going to get traffic um but you'll also be able to like look at youtube and all the twitch and all the other content creators out there is try to get some more about the mmo out there i think that's to me the biggest thing that we need to get out there in terms of info push yeah i really want to see some like more crafting info hopefully we get a blog on something about that soon since it is coming up in a1 um maybe get some more information on uh the specifics of castle siege because we've got that blog but it kind of doesn't go over like exact things like it doesn't go over how many capture points there are like how much time it requires to capture each one like any other specifics around where they're located and stuff like that like i i really want to see some specifics and see some more stuff that stuff that a lot of people have been asking for like we we still need to see like a, a preview of like the character creator which is supposed to be an a1 
So like a lot of this is coming up and it's getting a little close at this point. Yeah, I think for me, as far as, you know, Maggie's concerned, I think I think the thing because I think she's she's still going to be working within the confines of what she's allowed to share and everything. But I think the main thing as far as the marketing goes is going to be, of course, the MMO uh, showcasing as much of that. I think community engagements is the big one for me now. Uh, really incentivizing community members to really engage on live streams, the Discord, uh, the social media, just really being able to to tie them into all the places that you can check out Ashes. Even like Dayla said that the content creator, you know, people, um, all of us, and you know, even even just anything Ashes, any place they can go. Because for me, it's like whatever is convenient for the person, for the consumer, whatever is convenient for the consumer is where they're going to go. And for some of them, it might be Twitch. For some of them, it could be YouTube. Uh, for others, it could be just Twitter. It could be Facebook. I hate Facebook, but there's people I know that live on that thing. And, you know, it, every place, every possible place, even Reddit, I don't care for Reddit, but there's a huge community around Reddit, too. So, and they're already all over that one. So they're knocking that one out of the park already. They've been utilizing it heavily for um, uh, the, the, you know, for the fact that we don't have forms uh, accessible at this time, right? So there's all that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, moving beyond, like, you know, just kind of the marketing of the game and everything. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about, uh, we, we brought this up a little bit, or rather you guys brought it up and I just saw it and then didn't say anything because that's apparently me during my busy period. Sorry about that, guys. Um, and my guys, I'm talking about literally these two because I just totally ignored comments for like two days or something. Sorry, dudes. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like horrible. No, no. I'm horrible. I swear I saw it. I just, it was, I just forgot to respond. Jesus. Um, but you know, the, um, we talked, you all brought up uh, some Kickstarter stuff and talking about the stretch goals. And I remember, I think Daedalus, it was you, you were talking about, uh, we were talking about, uh, having the community engaged in the process, right? Through these different iterations and uh, still being able to, you know, look at, and I'm kind of switching our bullet points here, but how realistic is it to have them engaged in all the steps along the way? How much of that they can be able to showcase? How much of that can they fit into 2019? Um, I don't know. How can, how can they, maintain community involvement do all those steps effectively that's what i'm wondering what are some of your thoughts on that guys well maybe talking about this maybe like you said i think we swap bullets a bit but that's i think that makes sense maybe to cover first here yeah. is the community involvement iteration so kind of what i do in my day job or one aspect of what i've done in my day job has been working with the same type of project management methodology that uh, that they're working with now, which is called Agile, which essentially what it means is you work in set periods of time called sprints, and you have specific goals for that sprint. Whatever you don't accomplish in that sprint, you kind of shift around in future sprints. But the, the ultimate um, goal of this is being able to work quickly, right? You have specific goals, you get feedback, you swap those goals for the next sprint, and you kind of keep getting more and more feedback. So it's a way to work very quickly when you have a very compressed, you know, timeline, right? Which is exactly what the team is working with right now. Um, but I guess from my perspective, right, I have kind of 
a lack of visibility. We all do. Um, and, and maybe that's playing into my opinion or, you know, maybe just because I'm familiar with how this type of development iteration works. Here's the way I look at it. You're going to get feedback. Feedback is a gift, but that gift might be not something you really want or need at that point in time, right? So you're going to get people that provide all these ideas. Some ideas you can throw in the recycle bin. Some ideas you're going to attack to the wall and attack as part of your um, development. But in either case, right, you're going to get feedback that may not be, that's good, but may not be feasible in the timeline you have. Or it may not fit within the vision of the project overall. You have to make decisions on what feedback you're going to take and use and what feedback um, you're going to throw out. However, with the bunch of feedback they're going to get that's going to be worth looking into, they need to have a structure in place to be able to work on that implementation and be able to turn around fixes for any bugs that come up. Because as anyone that knows anything about development knows, you make one change, and you potentially create one or more bugs yeah. every time. Doesn't matter without fail. Something you didn't think about before. I mean, I have faith the team is doing their best, but I know things are going to happen that are out of their control, right? They're not going to be able to anticipate every possible thing breaking. So my concern is you've got a very short timeline. You've got opportunities for people to provide feedback that you're going to collect, you have a large following for the game, how do you account for not only delivering your core product, but incorporating feedback that's worth incorporating and still hit a deadline? At some point, you're gonna to have to make decisions and that kind of goes back to maybe more of the kind of the follow-up question on stretch goals and expectations. Mm -hmm. It's kind of getting some visibility on that would help us, right? When I hear stretch goal, I hear that's not guaranteed for launch, right? No. We're going to try, but that's not guaranteed for launch. But then you've got some of those things that I think, okay, I could take or leave not having a multi-person now, but I may not be able to take or leave having an expanded economy. Right. As again, as a player. So there's going to be must haves. There's going to be nice to haves. And that's the core part of delivery. We should know sooner rather than later. I mean, I'd be happy if they were ultra conservative and told me, okay, for argument's sake, we're going to implement 50% of our stretch goals. And then they implement 75%. But the reverse, people are going to get pissed off about. We're going to do 75% and we end up delivering 50%. See, my point here is that you, you can accept if they're conservative and over deliver it's going to be a tougher pill to swallow yeah. in the reverse. Absolutely. What do you guys think? Yeah, what about you, Zeke? Um, well, we've kind of talked about in previous um, podcasts. Um, it's just kind of, at this point, we need to see what they're going to be able to show us before we can kind of get a feel for how much more progress they're going to be able to have in this timeline because right now there's so much like for all we know they could be a lot more done or a lot less done than they are and mm -hmm. it's it's kind of a big you know it's a it's a point of contention right now so it's kind of tough to say 
Um, but if when they do show us stuff um, in the next, you know, for this big information push, if it's more than we were expecting, then I think we're going to have a pretty like smooth sailing. But if it's a lot more like, oh, well, we wanted to get the character creator done, but instead you're going to get a wow character creator where you can select like five different faces and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, that's, that's not going to fly for the people who you've already made these promises for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think character custom customization and the character creator in general, I feel like that's one that's been coming up a lot. I've noticed in discussions just here, the Discord, on my stream even, people bring it up, um, you know, especially the people that really enjoy like the RP element, <laughs> you know, and, and when I'm thinking about some of the, so when I'm thinking about looking at these these two points that were kind of kind of got tied in together here, I agree with a lot of what you both were saying, especially like Daedalus, a lot of the points you brought up about the Kickstarter stretch goals. I never, per, from, and this is my my perspective, right? I never, when I saw that, thought to myself, all of this is going to be in launch because I felt like that's a stretch goal. That means it's coming at some point in time. It could, from my perspective, that could be an iteration. I'm already looking at nodes as fan. If we get nodes crafting the fundamentals, we get the fundamentals at launch, I'm happy, right? Because I've already got this world to explore, this story, right? And then you do some incremental patching and you implement maybe things like the stuff that I don't have. Now, I don't have a perspective of seeing the seeds right away. Like I would be, that's a, that's a hell of a system already that a lot of people have brought up over the past uh, two months or so as we've gotten into APOC and gone, hell, are we going to get there without one on time? Are we going to be able to do this in time, et cetera, et cetera, right? Part of the thing I'm looking at already is just, and this is a sidestep back to where we kind of were touching base on, but uh, APOC, uh, you know, that's been, it's been a hell of a show going, dealing with all that. Um, but we're looking at the Alpha Lush second quarter of this year, Alpha One for the MMORPG testing, et cetera, right? And uh, getting that in place and being able to dig into that is, is I think, really important. Um, but yeah, there's that flexibility of, well, beginning or end of that. And when we start doing that testing environment, uh, you know, and this kind of ties into where we're kind of going with this conversation, but uh, at that point to launch, like, we got a lot to fit in there. How much are we going to try to fit in? Uh, I don't, cons- I just, in my mind, don't see things like, uh, I don't see necessarily Castle Sieges being in actual MMORPG testing environment right away. I feel like the stuff I would look to see is like questing, getting into crafting, looking at maybe possibly character creator, uh, maybe even a basic version of it um, with the primary uh, races, et cetera. Um, things I wouldn't expect to see in the actual launch, though. Like, I would expect to see the Underrealm, because why? Because the Tolnar are a playable race in Ashes, and that's their starting zone, if you start playing one of them. Uh, so that's kind of one thing that I've been looking at. Um, just kind of realized that both of the guys' cameras just froze on me. You guys notice that? Hold on a second. Yeah, it looks like we're getting some lag here. My Discord kind of took a dive. This is why I wish I was either a Discord partner or, yeah, it probably is. Hold on a second. We might have to fix this and then edit it in what I do afterwards. Hold on. Oh, please, old gentlemen, ladies, ladies, gentlemen. 
I hate Discord, dude. I hate it for this reason. We're gonna do this one. Let me call my friends up real fast. Sound like robots to you? Or they did? All right, hold on. All right. You guys are getting, this is what it looks like, dude. This is the first tech issue I've ever had. And it's happening live on stream. It's beautiful. We're just gonna put a pause on right there. Man. All right, I got one, two. Are you guys moving though? Oh my God, you're moving. Hold on, hurry up, hold on. Don't don't touch anything. All right, can I get some blinks from you real quick? Oh my God, we're back. Be editing that shit later. All right, back on track. <laughs> so things I wouldn't expect to see, right? Don't miss a beat, friends. Things I wouldn't expect to see is like C. If I didn't, if I don't see the C at launch, I'm good. Like things like that, I don't mind not seeing or being able to uh, sell around on boats. Like those are things that like I I'm totally cool not seeing. They could drop that like around the time everyone's hitting max level or something. That would be really great. Um, but yeah, things like uh, the underrealm. That's something you're gonna want to have because the Tolnar got to start there, right? And from everything mm -hmm. I am aware of, all the best information is that when we start out, the Tolnar are a playable race, correct? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Less, yeah. less information. That's, yeah. That's confirmed. Yeah, but so, and yet they were set up as a stretch goal. So, I mean, that's the exactly. part. Again, I, we need some clarity there because yes. the Kickstarter mentioned a lot of the deliverables were December 2018. Clearly, that's not realistic, knowing that the launch is before 2020 at this point, right? So that's, I think, the piece we really just need to kind of nail down. Get, give me an idea. Be conservative on what you're going to release, but your core systems need to be in place, right? If, if we, like you said, castle sieges might not be something that we're going to see at launch, partly because people are still gaining power, leveling up nodes. That could take a while to happen in order to get to a point where you'll be able to take over a castle, right? there. Still might be some basics there where you can go in and maybe get one shot by the castle guards, but <laughs> you're still going to, you know, you'll, you're still going to have like a placeholder there. And from a player perspective, you're not going to necessarily be like, hey, where are castle sieges at? Because you're still working on getting your stuff together as a player. Right. Yeah. So again, there's things they can, I don't want to say fudge, but because it, it sounds bad, but they there's things they can stagger and still make sure they have a complete play experience for players as they level up. And it, it's not like, oh, we need to get this ready for launch on day one. Yeah, something I kind of talked to people about on probably, it's probably a different podcast, was um, they have about, I mean, they said it takes 45 days to reach max level, right? Mm -hmm. And part of that is because of the whole um, how the node system works and how there's daily caps on node XP. So you're not going to be reaching node level six the first day. So you are going to be locked out and time gated from a lot of this content based on how much activity is on that node. So they could fudge a little bit. Like I said, it sounds a little bad, but like they could fudge it a little bit and delay some of that stuff for like, a month after the game comes out if 
getting to max level takes as long as they say it does. If it's not, and it's more of a, oh, it's probably around 45 days kind of thing, but it ends up being like, oh, people playing 16 hours to 20 hours a day are getting to max level in the first two weeks, and then we're sitting there going, all right, what now? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I think is going to be interesting about this is, like you said, you have leveling that you're doing personally, right? You have leveling that the world needs to have in order for all the branches to get opened up. Yes. That's how they can control the environment. They may not be able to stop, you know, Johnny level pants from reaching max level in two days because he doesn't sleep, right? But they can tweak how much experience a node will require in order to move to the next stage. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to make it sound like they're playing with our emotions here, but there might be ways they can do it so they can get it to a point where they can develop events for, you know, new baddies to come out there, you know, come out in the world like this, the dragon from the nodes videos, right? They might have other things that are still going to keep us engaged as players, but to keep our attention focused on that content versus maybe content that's work in progress. Um, you know, again, it, it it's going to be interesting to see how that will work. If again, if they're what they're planning to hit their before 2020 date, if that's still their line in the sand, what content they are. But I, I think they do need to kind of provide us with at least some basic knowledge on what launch is going to look like um, this year. I'm not saying like today would be nice, but I know that's not realistic with, yeah. you know, the, the community team just coming on board within the past month. Yeah, it's too much. But at least having something sooner rather than later to say, look, guys, here's the basic systems we're really looking to target. Here's where we are with those systems at a high level. Again, I don't need star citizen levels of details. I may pass out from boredom with that level, but I would like something that gives us like we've talked about in prior podcasts, those goalposts so we can orient ourselves and get on board with whatever schedule they're um, they're communicating, right? Because again, that feels a little fluid now. And I think it's because you've had a limited amount of resources that have been focused on communication. You are just bringing some people on and Steven and Jeff and all the key players that you know, were with us from Kickstarter are focusing on what they should be focusing on is making the game. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have time for the interaction that they did early on because now they're really kind of dug in and deep into the development cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Discord Wampus is playing tricks today. You can go away, dude. We're friends. Remember? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, Wampus. I love you, man. But leave, leave, leave it alone for like 45 minutes. Stop jacking with the Discord channels. I. All right. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm like, you know, when I look at it all, I'm just, I, I, I think a timetable or timeline, whatever you want to call it, it's going to be great. Uh, if they can get that implemented, I wouldn't expect it right now. They, they've got too many things going on. Too many pieces are moving at, at once. Uh, it would be unrealistic, I think, to be all like, let's get, give us a definite timeline. Um, but it does need to happen. It does need to happen sometime in the near future. Uh, because, and this is going to tie into something we were discussing already too, which is um, a lot of 
the overall consensus is that a lot of the people in the community just don't really know what's going on. They're, they're not, and, and more importantly, they're really not too sure what to expect. And that not being sure of what to expect, uh, wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't the theme three months ago. I feel like people had a pretty good idea of what to expect. Um, but that's not the case now, even, even with all the great communication, we're still not getting like a timetable and before we had a pretty, pretty good idea of what that timetable was. Um, so I think, I think if you could tie things like, you know, the Kickstarter stretch goals and stuff like that, um, all the testing phases you can get all that in line and really just get a tentative and we've talked, yeah, we're harping on something we've talked about probably more than enough now, but if you can get a tentative timeline and you can continue to adjust that timeline as you, as you need to, um, that's going to be a very, it's going to ensure a higher level of security for people in the community. I think, um, with that being said, I wanted to definitely uh, talk about some of the cash shop. Um, and the reason I wanted to bring a bit of this up, and it's something that I feel like Daedalus, we might have talked about uh, many moons ago. Yeah, many moons many ago. Moons it seems ago. to. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like ages, brother. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, but. The reason I want to talk about it is it's something I actually got into this uh, debate when I was streaming uh, the Elder Scrolls Online a week ago, and there was a discussion about pay to win, and I outlined pay to win. I have a very solid uh, viewpoint on this, and that if, from my perspective, pay to win, and this is something Ashes of Creation is a non-pay to win, non-faction based. MMORPG that's going to beat the ass of everybody else out there. Okay, that's not their words, but those are mine. My thoughts. My words. The um, hammer. The hammer. <laughs> Raise your hammers. Um, anyway, but pay to win to me is anything that's going to give one player a significant edge over another in regards to progression. And from my perspective, progression can be cut up into a lot of different ways. If your end game is you know, uh, mounts, if your end game is pets, if your end game is all that in a bag of chips, including picking flowers, mining ore, uh, PVP dungeons, raids, etc., role play, it, and anything that's going to allow you to have an edge of any kind via performance uh, or just getting getting along further in the game in any of those regards, Anything that's going to allow you to have an edge over the other player, to me, in my perspective, is pay to win. Okay? Now, some people might argue that uh, an example of that might be in the oldest... Now, a lot of people think pay to win in, in a more a narrower, probably. And I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, and feel free to argue with me about this, posting comments, etc. I welcome it. Constructive you know, feedback, constru uh, criticism, whatever. But... um. Some people would say, well, things like uh, the scrolls and the Elder Scrolls Online, uh, the experience scrolls. Now, in-game, you can get, and I'm guilty, I've used scrolls. Now they give them out as daily uh, login rewards, which is great. Um, but I go back to the period where you had this uh, Psych Ambrosia or Psychic Ambrosia potions that you could make. It gave you a 50% experience buff, I believe, for 30 minutes. And it was all farmable in-game. The patterns were farmable in-game. To me, nothing wrong with that right? Gives you experience boost over other players, but it's in game, right? Not from a cash shop. Well, then they made it to where the experience scrolls could be bought on the cash shop. 
from my perspective, a lot of people would say that uh, it's pay to convenience, and this has been debated. I consider that pay to win, and here's why. Because you've got to pay to you get you pay money, you get an edge, significant edge. We're not talking about you've got the ESO plus or the subscription model, and you give you 10% experience, right? We're talking 150 experience for a scroll that's in the shop that you can buy, right? Over the player that maybe doesn't have the money to do it. To me, I consider that pay to win. I get people don't argue or aren't going to agree with that. That's fair. Um, but from my perspective, if in again, on the cash shop and the Elder Scrolls Online for a long time, and I'm using it as an example because it's like one of those ridiculous cash shops I've ever seen as far as like content goes. You can get costumes on there that you can't get in game or even variations of in-game. You can get mounts on there you'll never see in-game. You can't get from trials, from dungeons. Now they're at a point where they're starting to implement you can get things like pets that you get from meta achievements or um, costumes or, you know, motifs are the... Um, motifs are essentially a crafting style or appearance for crafting gear sets in-game. Now, there's a, a small portion of these things I'm talking about that you get in in the game, but the overwhelming majority of items, mounts, pets, cosmetics, etc., is cash shop only, or during those seasons of uh, crown crates that are literally like gambling and and prey upon people's addictive tendencies, which I've talked about before. It's a fact. Okay, it's like playing the lottery for a lot of people. I mean, spend this much money. Here's all the possibilities. I might get something at the top or nothing at all. These shitty potions, right? That I could craft better. Um, <laughs> that would cost me uh, much less of my time and money. Uh, that's a, some. That's a side point, right? But so people complain about like all these cosmetics, all these cosmetics in the in the in the shop and everything. And I'm going. Have you seen a cash shop in a lot of other games out there? Like this is this is me defending the studio on this one. This is just my perspective. I've seen ridiculous cash shops, and then there's this. If this is their cash shop, we're doing pretty damn good. If this is even remotely similar to what it looks like in game, or sorry, on the website slash in game when the game launches, I, I got no complaints. Especially since Steven said that the cosmetics and the outfits and stuff that you buy that will be available. I'm gonna say post launch will be variations essentially of some of the ones that uh, you can get in game, but the ones in game are far more prestigious, um, maybe elegant, etc. What are some of your thoughts on where cash shops can be? Is it is it not pay to win? What are we looking at in the here and now versus what we're gonna see at launch? Uh, criticisms, thoughts? Yeah. So coming from somebody who I talked to you guys before the <laughs> podcast started, I spent like five grand in Swotor on, they only had, there was a couple XP boost, but there was a level cap, so it didn't really matter. Then there was just nonstop like cosmetics. And I was younger and spent a lot of money on loot boxes. And it took me a while to really realize how predatory loot boxes are and the, just the whole gambling thing for yeah. that was. And, you know, now I'm very against any kind of loot boxes in games. Like, if you're going to build any kind of system around that to where it's just, you don't know what you're getting, 
to me that's a form of pay to win, even if it's cosmetic. Um, however, I do prefer if it's just cosmetic, if I have a choice between the two of cosmetic or like super pay to win, like you can buy levels and bullshit like that. Like if I had the choice, but if I have the choice of none at all, I would say none at all. Um, but yeah, I really, I, I'm, as we've talked to the devs in person, me and Daedalus and a couple of people, um, you know, when we talked in person, they seemed really against it too. Uh, Jeff was really against like mm -hmm. loot boxes and RNG in general. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of hope that that still stays true towards launch and stuff. Um, and then just like, you know, pay for advantage stuff like, uh, you know, potions that give you extra HP or extra like XP or whatever. I don't want to see any of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It also I mean, takes away from, sorry, I'm going to say that it takes away no, from well, the interaction in game too. Right. It'll sabotage this, which we'll get to probably this crafting system. That's supposed to be badass, Right. Sorry, Dana, let's go ahead. Yeah. No, no, that, that's quite all right. And, and I think one thing, right. The node system was, essentially my foot in the door for this project right yeah. but the other thing that really impressed me is the commitment to not do any pay to win or even pay to convenience because in my opinion it's a slippery slope for pay to convenience and, and in, in this game pay to convenience equals pay to win in my opinion um at the end of the day I'm okay with what they're doing with the cash shop now. We're talking about very, like you said, variations on current, you know, or cosmetics that would be available in the game, right? There's not anything that's so far off the mark in terms of quality that it's, you know, a cash shop exclusive, right? We have exclusive cosmetics now, but the commitment from the team is you're going to get the same or better in game that's attainable in game. So to me, like the big no-no about pay to convenience, pay to win is the things you maybe not necessarily think about right away as pay to win or some don't. Bag space, level boosts, character slots, all those things in a game like this is going to be completely pay to win. People might say, well, that's not a big deal. But if I can carry more resources, if I can have more characters than everyone else, i.e. more alts than everyone else, and I'm no-lifing the game for months, and I have all these max levels, that is a clear advantage over someone else. If that's purchasable outside of being able to earn them in-game, right? Um, at the end of the day, what the, the team has said is, if you invest the time, you can gain certain things. But it's not something they would ever essentially have an I win button where you throw some money in Intrepid, and they give you these conveniences. Um, so being able to have a tangible benefit over others is our pay to win. But on the same lines, pay to convenience is also at an advantage. It may be more subtle advantage, but it's still an advantage. I mean, even something as simple as race change, right? It's not a big deal in, say, something like WoW, right? Yeah. Where a race, different races at the end of the day are for the most part cosmetic. I mean, there's a couple of things that are 
you know, it's really, you know, good to have certain races with, you know, there's certain skill sets, but especially in what we have in Ashes of Creation, it's very clear already that race is one of the choices in a list of choices that you're going to make that do have an impact on your character mm. in the game. So anything, you know, like that is game breaking in my opinion in Ashes and having an ability to purchase that with real life money is game breaking. So if the developers design what they've told us they're going to design, right? And I'm not thinking that they won't. Mm -hmm. Choice is going to matter. So being able to store more resources, being able to have more characters than your standard player, being able to um, change your race, even if there's a cooldown period, there's ways you can game the system in order to gain an advantage. And in my opinion, loot boxes aren't going to show up in this game, besides the fact that Steven tells a pretty funny story about when he was younger and he spent a bunch of money on a similar mechanic and ended up getting in trouble with his parents, right? <laughs> I mean, it's that kind of thing where it's like, okay, if you want to buy something, you'll see what you're going to get. You're going to give us money. We're going to give you a cosmetic, like a pet or a mount skin or a costume. Game over. That's it. We're not going to, and, and I know people have talked about the experience bonuses and APOC being pay to win. And you know, at the end of the day, they're not giving you an advantage over everyone. All they're doing is giving you quicker access to Cosmo. In my MMO. opinion, which it's not, it's the, not the, exactly, it's not the MMO. It's not giving you an advantage once you hop into APOC other than, hey, this person looks different. Okay. In my opinion, that's, they're not giving you like a super invisibility camouflage skin if you get to level 50, right? They're, they're giving you something that just gives you some mm -hmm. variation. Yeah. So in my opinion, they haven't stepped over the line here. They haven't gone away from what they've promised us that they were going to do. And I don't expect they won't. They will because, you know, Steven has always been very adamant about not being predatory with the cash shop providing things of equivalent or better quality in the in-game world that people can earn and wanting people to focus on just playing the game and having fun versus racking up debt on the cash shop or buying Ember so they can, you know, you know, buy a bunch of things that will give them an advantage in you. Mm, you know, <clears throat> I'm probably going to be bashing on the Elder Scrolls Online a little bit here, but it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Because this is the stuff you can learn from. Like, so like initially, like these, the pay to convenience stuff, like I'm just going to, I just want to see Daedalus' expression on this one. Because I know you haven't played it as much as I have, right? But like initially, um, so you had, okay, so when, and we're going to talk about crafting a little bit here with this, but um, so with crafting in the game, you could do, you can craft everything, right? You can be a max level crafter. You can get enough skill points uh, via sky shard hunting or main story quests, et cetera, level ranks of PVP, uh, get skill points. I mean, I'm at like, I'm, I'm, I'm not far from the max right now. Like, and I've got hundreds of skill points. Okay. And I've got all the professions max in my main character. Right. And one thing they did that sabotage that was, so it, it used to be just that those, those uh, scrolls, right. For experience gains. Right. There's one thing. They they went a step further because it's so bad. Inside voice, inside voice, Sim. <laughs> I'll drop all the f bombs you hear in your head right now. So, 
they made it to where you could so you got to research the traits for the gear right and there's like different things mm-hmm. like impenetrable sturdy well fitted they all give you different things like uh stamina consumption is less if you roll dodge or something or uh, training which uh killing mobs you grind out mobs uh you can gain more experience if you have a full set of training gear on or whatever right that's kind of the bonus you get from this trade on the gear right not the same as the style mm-hmm. which is appearance mm-hmm. or the set bonus based on crafting location and station so i might like crafting but my my point is is if you have to research each trait like you start out at like an hour or something like that and mm-hmm. am i getting called daddy sim again in chat yeah that's happening <laughs> dude what i i shouldn't pay attention to it because now people are going to be like why is it getting called daddy sim i don't know the dude just came into my chat and started saying it one day. I'm sorry. Side tangent. Back on track, though, my my point is this is like they started, uh, you got to research. And eventually when you get to the last, so each piece of gear, each piece of uh, set for an armor set, like the chest has like, let's say 10 different, let's say 10 different uh, traits that can be researched, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the first one starts out at like an hour, then you get two hours. And eventually by the time you get to the very last trait that you're unlocking, guess what? A month, man. So guess what's in the cash shop now? Instant research scrolls. Oh. <laughs> okay. I did. I, the I did. master beard might drop some F-bombs right now. I just want to say <laughs> something, okay? Every single crafting profession, every single trait, I'm a nine-trait crafter. And I waited. Oh, and the same thing for the mount. Look, I'm guilty. On my alts, I've bought... These uh, mount improvement scrolls and stuff, which basically, here, one more point in your riding so your speed is up. One more in your stamina so you do, uh, can sprint for longer and not get knocked off your horses easily. Or one point in uh, one point in um, the carrying capacity, which helps your actual character have more bag space, right? But you can get all that in the cash shop, too. I mean, literally. And not only is it, like, sabotage other people's hard work, but you've got these situations where... If I can just buy a motif in the cash shop, or if I can just buy this instant research, then it takes away from the in-game experience. You don't have to work for anything. Like if you've got money, you could come in the game and be like, so I'm just gonna max level like tonight. And uh yeah, I'll get them champion points in like a couple months or so too. Yeah, I'm gonna like just buy all the motifs, like I'll have all that too. Um Oh, you guys waited how many months to get your uh, researching up? Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, I'm going to do that like now. Yeah, screw that. <laughs> so I feel then, dirty. I mean, I feel a little dirty, man. Like hot bath dirty, not just a shower. You know what I mean? Like I got to soak that out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody so, needs to think about me like soaking in the go, bath right now. But... So if we go away from like pay to win to... Uh, pay to convenience? Uh, well, no, to uh, the prices that are on the cash shop. Cool. What do you guys think of the prices right now? Because I think that's the biggest like issue people have had is less so that it's you know pay to win, more so that the prices are just obscene. <laughs> so I can see I, I had this discussion a long time. I guess I can see how that'd be a problem for some people. I look at these as limited edition cosmetics that you're not going to be able to get again, hypothetically, right? Mm-hmm. that's how it's been framed so and these cosmetics aren't just supplemental income this is also like help really ensure the game's funded like kickstarter sure steven's money sure all this money i just see all this as being 
money that if you're willing to support the game, you can go pay. Um, and it's, yeah, I could, I could say it's a little, little steep if I was to look at it from the perspective of like a game that's an MMO that's out right now. And this is a supplemental income for that. Um, sure. It's a little steep if I was looking at it just from like, is this cosmetic worth it or whatever? Um, but I'm, I'm trying to keep it in context of this is to fund the game and all this funding just helps to ensure the game is well-funded into launch. Uh, so I'm kind of in the middle on that. Like I can definitely see both sides. What about you, Dalos? I would say I could see both sides, but let's be real. I mean, in comparison to say like, uh, where you're paying in like thousands, depending on what you like, again, if you couldn't, if you really want to get dug in to financial whole support star citizen on a regular basis, <laughs> right? I mean, let's let's be real here yes this is most likely higher than some of the more mainstream games that have been out a while that have a following that have consistent funding month over month this is a game in development it started out with 30 mil from steven's own pocket mind you had a fully funded game at that point kickstarter funded some stretch goals and now they're continuing to work on the game they need to pay for servers. They need to pay for things. If you don't think it's worth it to pay, you know, $20, $25, whatever the cosmetic price is for the item, don't pay it. Um, again, it's not, they're not requiring you to do that. Whereas with some companies, right, let's look at how they structure their cosmetic store, right? Even anthem that's coming out too right there's a lot of rage on the internet about that and mm. you know again twenty dollars for a skin right this is the same price point or similar price point to what they're doing with ashes right now yeah i think a lot of people just don't want them to uh go down that path for launch mm -hmm. i think that's a reasonable um yeah uh concern because if if they do end up pulling like a like a BDO where only the good stuff is on the cash shop or ESO, I guess, too, yeah. then having the prices be obscene like that, like 20 bucks or 30 bucks for a skin, that's just ridiculous. Like, I, I agree with that point, Zeke. I mean, totally. If this is kind of the standard for launch, I would revisit that. Um, to Sim's point, if this is something that, you know, these are limited um in relation to you know funding the game for launch they're going to supplement their income once people actually start subbing for the game and they're producing content i i will i would frankly like to revisit the conversation once we hit launch to see if they're still i mean if they still plan on doing limited monthly cosmetics which i think they are or if they're planning on maybe taking a look at the prices again but at the end of the day if if they keep their commitment that you can get the same or better achievable in game, you won't get a complaint from me. I, while it would, it, it's nice to see some really good stuff on the cash shop and be able to kind of get that instantly versus having to maybe work for it. Right, that's a convenience factor for me. It's not game breaking. If again, if I can get some similar or better quality in game then I'm going to work for that. I mean, my wife and I, when we, you know, played WoW, 
we love going and doing trans, trans mug runs, even if like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, that rare thing that we wanted to drop didn't drop. We had fun and we went back another time and did it. And that's kind of part of, you know, the way M- some MMOs work. Now, one of the things the team has said, right, they're going to try to go away from RNG and, you know, grinding will have a purpose. So you're still going to have time that you need to invest to achieve things, but it's not something where you have, you know, for the most part, a random chance, right? Which happens in a lot of other MMOs. So like I said, I'm going to reserve judgment right now. I'm not seeing an issue. I mean, I reserve the right to change the opinion once I see how they're handling it at launch, but it's still right now. I'm not seeing it as like the elephant in the room. There's definitely other things on my mind that I'm like, I want to know more about that. I want to, make sure that like some of the feedback from the community here is getting addressed, particularly around, you know, what's happening with the MMO. But this cash shop thing is to me is kind of a blip right now on the radar. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. Well, you know, when you said uh, the grind, I, I swear I just had like a flashback or something. <laughs> it was literally like a moment where I was just like, Oh my God, face into the dirt, face into the dirt, Sim, face into the dirt. And you'll like, I'm sorry. Okay. You know, I do. I like the transmog runs too, man. Like in World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. one of my favorite pastimes, aside from all of the years of farming Alar. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. Oh no, I got a story about that, but for another, we'll time. just we'll discuss. I'm just saying, eight or nine characters weekly, years. I'm just saying, I don't have good luck at RNG and MMORPGs. It's it's it is it is known. It is known. Like, I'm pretty lucky. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things is that I feel like this is a future episode, actually. <sighs> Don't open that door, Sam. Don't open that door. <laughs> go to a happy place with a bright, shining I mean, light. Next, next week, we'll go over RNG. And it's going to be called The Grind. <laughs> it's going to be called The Grind. <laughs> the, the Rage and The Grind is what it's going to be called. Get on your boy shorts, ladies and gentlemen. Meet us here on stream. We're going to grind. I'm just kidding. Am I though? Why boy <laughs> shorts? I don't even know what just happened there. I've got a messed up <laughs> mind, dude. No daddy jokes. Necro. I don't need that. So yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I think that's some good discussion on pay to win. And, and I, I know what, what did I hear in chat? Um, and <laughs> raw radish brought up a point too, about saying that the prices are a bit steep, at least from their perspective, as far as, uh these being you know cosmetics that are kind of only really usable maybe seasonally or something like that i i actually don't mind what we were saying daedalus about uh about like having kind of a rotating cosmetics in and out um i think post-launch the important thing is uh something that the Elder scrolls online has done that i would be cool with is like seasonal cosmetics not crates cosmetics just put a price on it. And if people want it bad enough, they'll buy it. Don't do the crate thing. And I admit, I have no fear that they're going to do the crate thing here. I'm just ranting a bit about it. Cause I'm like, I think it's becoming illegal <laughs> in too many countries for them to go with the yeah. crate method. That was a handful of baby powder, by the way, right across someone's face. Oh, that's coming later for me. And <laughs> so let's talk about over. Okay. So the overview on the most challenging things that are going to be faced this year by Intrepid on delivering this year of development this is our last shining white light point gentlemen 
Just bringing it all together, man. I mean, re-energizing the excitement they started in Kickstarter, bringing people back into the fold that have not um, been tuned in either because they're not hearing enough about the MMO, their brand, you know, they're, they've kind of seen what's going on APOC and are confused. I mean, that to me is going to be the most challenging thing. I mean, I, I think they've got the right people in place now to send those messages out but that needs to be a key deliverable for them um not only from a communication standpoint but from those core mechanics we talked about um you know nodes class character classes and progression economy all those different streams and different teams that are working on those mechanics we fell in love with in the kickstarter that that to me is is the core delivery is going to be the most challenging thing that they're going to work on and changing the narrative away from you know the fake news that ashes is in an mmo and actually saying hey yeah it is here you go not to trust us like i trust them this probably you know most of the people that are watching trust the developers yeah. now they need to get this over the line and bring people back that are kind of dismissing for now and just get the excitement back and going. And I, I, I think it's definitely doable. It just needs to happen soon and not soon to you. Yeah. I think this is definitely the, the year they need to really push their marketing, uh, push their marketing budget, <laughs> just go hard marketing. They really, you know, it'd be really good if they, you know, started doing some either giveaways for the content creators to give wow. to their viewers, like, you know, the drops enabled thing that Twitch has. Um, stuff like that would be nice to see. Um, it would be nice to see them have um, a featured creator every month kind of thing, like a lot of MMOs do. Um, I, I, they really... They really have to push for a lot of positive, um, positive press, and they they really need to stop having like blips of drama. <laughs> I think that's really important. Um, aside from that, I really do want to see them have some kind of trailer. I kind of hope that they hire like I don't know Blur Studios or something. Like the trailer for was it ESO and Swotor and a couple other games. Those have solid uh, trailers. Uh, Those would be great for marketing. <laughs> agreed. It's I mean, too bad they didn't surprise us with like a Super Bowl thing. <laughs> yeah, that would have been hilarious. It would have been like I think it would have killed their entire funding, but <laughs> it would have yeah. been. <laughs> but just just a really really quick, Sim. I don't mean to interrupt. No, um, yeah, you putting your points in, but. I think a point I'm going to make here, Kickstarter, they didn't need a marketing budget. People were excited, telling their friends, bringing everybody into the fold at that point. Mm -hmm. If they can generate the amount of excitement that they generated at Kickstarter, re-energize the community, they won't need to spend a cent on external marketing. The people that believe will evangelize this product. 
And that's what they need to get back to. Because at the end of the day, Stephen, you know, was very clear. It's going to be a waste of money for us to put money with a marketing firm. Mm -hmm. We can have the community evangelize our product, get the community back on board, telling their family, telling their friends, telling their coworkers about this game and bringing the community back together. Because at that point in time, the community was very strong. And that was two years before this game was supposed to be coming out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're there's people that legit were like, I talked to my coworker today about Ashes of Creation. I was so excited about this Kickstarter, right? I mean, that's how I got um, Ty on my podcast involved. It was during the Kickstarter. He was like, okay, yeah, when you start creating content for this bad boy, bring me on. Right. So that's I think that's going to be the best way they're going to do it, because right now the press they're getting from the most vocal voices is not good press. Right. Because a lot of people are in wait and see mode that have been with the community for a while um, and, and and they need something tangible to latch on to mm-hmm. and energize themselves about the product again. Yeah, like even as much as I'm looking forward to the class kits for the castle sieges and seeing some of that being posted on like the Twitter and everything, it's still not the MMORPG. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, that's that's kind of my my perspective on that is just to get get more of that out there. And you know, I agree. I agree as far as <clears throat> anything to incentivize the community to just be engaged. And I think I remember, too, I was just sitting there thinking back. To even before the Kickstarter, like I found out about this game because my old army buddy, Anger Drop here in the Crusade and Virtue, he, he was like, yo, Sim, because uh, he knew I, I I was I was already I mean, I was at I don't know how many times I had been like FESO, FESO, you know, back and forth with the Elder Scrolls Online and back and forth with World of Warcraft and um, oh God, countless other MMOs I've even played. And just going, you know, it's the same shit. It's like watching the 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 newest iteration of this freaking movie that has been reproduced three times in my lifetime already. Like, come on, guys, let's get to some originality. Let's get to some innovation. Let's do some you know new ideas, like something different. You know, not the same thing everybody's been doing. It's been done before. Like MMORPGs that just create cash ops and just use nostalgia bait to get their community to just pay them as much money as possible. I mean, it's been done before and it's being done pretty much consistently everywhere right now. I mean, do innovation, man. We've talked about that word so many times here. And if they can just continue to do something innovative, if they can maintain that trend in whether they're marketing with how they're getting the community engaged. Um, some of the changes to the discord, I think are positive and are probably going to, entice i think more people to come back to be honest when you have accountability for toxic behavior call me whatever you want i don't give a fuck like honestly i don't care like it's just reality is when you don't have negative elements working towards a community the more i mean what's what's an mmorpg community right what drives so many people away from engaging in chat of any kind in mmorpg toxic behavior baron's chat and wow like, if this is what people are going to do, I'm not going to contribute to it. I'm just going to pay attention to my my dungeon browser and get online, go grind my face in for freaking rep. That's been done a bazillion years now. I'm going to queue in for my dailies and I'm going to log out. And I'm probably not going to talk to hardly anybody. I mean, you want to 
bring the genre back, you get people connecting again. You get them communicating with each other again. You get them engaged in these stories that they get to have fun talking about again. That is not the, it's not the uh, dominating factor anymore. And it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's where I'm at. So as much as you can work to facilitate that as we're going forward in every capacity we've discussed, I think you've got something you've got something beautiful that people can't take away from you. You know, that's yeah. that's what that's my that's my two cents. And and on that note, gentlemen, do you have any final thoughts about all this stuff and things we've discussed today? Just really that you know, the the closer we get to A1, the more information we need to have already seen. Like the next this next month needs to be just big drops, even if it's just a few drops. But it needs to be informative content that we can make content on because otherwise what's the point of having all these content creators and revamping the content creator system if they're releasing like one piece of information that everybody just funnels out the same stuff over and over again throughout like you know all the creators like give us a you know a big sheet of things that we can kind of pick from be like oh this is interesting to me this is interesting to me you know, like it's because right now, yeah, we're in kind of a wait and see mode. Yeah, I mean, personally, I know patience is a hard thing to have right now in the game industry. We have been burned legit more than, you know, a few times by big publishers, you know, gaming houses that have pr- produced quality that now aren't either because of pressure from, you know, their publishing partners or for other reasons. And, and I think we're nearly there. Ashes of creation is going to give us something. I just, I hope. Um, and, and what I asked the team to do is share as much as they can be honest. If things early on aren't going according to plan, one of the things that I hear on a regular basis um, in my job, but I think really applies here, is go ugly early. Meaning, if there's a problem, let us know. Don't blindside us and hit us in the face with a handful of baby powder later at the eleventh <laughs> hour. Okay, so you knew I was going to work that in there. I didn't know it was coming. That's beautiful. Yes, I, I mean the the last thing we need right now, like. I mean, you said it best, Zeke, is more drama. Give us something to be excited about. Give us those blogs that get us excited about the MMO. So when A1 hits, you've got people that are excited, invested, that want to spend time testing, right? Because this is a mother load of an MMO. It's something that is going to need a lot of testing in a very short period of time. And if people aren't excited, people are disenchanted with the community, et cetera, it's not going to go well from a testing standpoint. It's just not. There's only so much you can do with a limited amount of testers. So, I mean, that's, I would say, my, my biggest final thought is go ugly early, communicate as much as you can, as quick as you can, you know, be conservative and over deliver. Right. But be clear. I think that's important. 
Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to go full dweedle mode, be prepared for a slap in the face with a handful of baby powder. And <laughs> with that being said, I, uh, I gotta say one thing to just anybody, if they're, they end up catching this, you know, podcast on YouTube or whatever, they ended up coming across this for the first time because I, it's literally, I mean, to be honest, I'm weekly to daily. I, I feel like I, I'm always telling people about ashes and they're just like, I've never heard of it. And I'm, I mean, I feel like that's been happening for however long now, like what year and a half, two years, something like that. Um, yeah. But there's still new people that are finding out about the game. And the one thing I got to say is if you're coming across this for the first time, you're going, Oh, what's this game? And you're just talking about it. You're just being critical about things. You hear us talking about what would be cool. You know, we're working in the realm of speculation and sometimes it's speculation, sometimes it's some hard truth and reality and tough love in the hopes that this, you know, last great hope that we have for the genre can really deliver no pressure or anything. <laughs> but but if they deliver and we have a lot of faith that they will, uh, I mean, they're not trying to beat the other games, but they're sure going to give a hell of a lot of people a run for their money. And if you're new to this and you're going, oh, I don't know if I want to go and pre-order pack it. I don't want to buy the game. That's not the game. That's a way to support the game in its early stages of development. A lot of people have this misconception that that's what the game is. The game does not have a box cost. It's a subscription model game. You could literally get engaged right now, be part of the community, you know, invest your energy and everything, getting getting the information about this game and you don't have to pay anything you can literally wait until the day the game launches pay the subscription model and find out for yourself it doesn't actually cost you anything right now you know especially right now with apoc anybody you don't have to be an alpha beta tester at all you can just sign up on their website and test and you get at least some taste of the the game's you know atmosphere potentially and you know just it's just the taste of it it's not the game though so my that's my my final thing is like people are getting hung up on i have to pay to do this no you don't especially not right now so that's my two cents and on that note it's been a hell of our sh hell of a show that's our show and uh That'll be the end. I think next week we'll uh, tune in for a bit of the grind or something. You know, oh, man. we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out next week, ladies and gentlemen. We will. Um, gentlemen, you want to let everybody know where your domains are, where they can find you. Zeke. Um, I'm Zeke. Uh phoenix nest on youtube uh youtube.com slash c slash phoenix nest um don't google that because there are other people with that name and you will not like what you see <laughs> that direct link is all you want to hit <laughs> awkward moment <laughs> um yeah i make theory crafting videos uh eventually i'll do guides and stuff um besides that i'll do twitch streams phoenix Zeke. Um, yeah. Uh, you can find me on ashenherald.com. That's my website. I post all my videos. My content is primarily YouTube, so you can just do a search for the Ashen Herald on YouTube. You can also, um, you know, follow me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald. 
uh, and I post all my videos there, make comments, kind of, you know, tweet out, you know, whenever um, the official site, you know, throws something down that's worth looking into. So, uh, you know, definitely find me on the internet. And uh, I'm Steve Morgan. I've been your host. Uh, you can find me here, there, and a little bit everywhere, wherever Ashes is happening. And on that note, you all have a great week. And until next time, I'll catch you on stream. Not everybody.